All right, let's put our hands together. Life loving, abundant life loving. So glad you are here. I am on a mission before I speak. Please, ladies and gentlemen, check your ears. Check your neighbor's ears. There is a... You are seated in the perfect seat. You think we set this up right here. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. The lost has been found. Come on. All heaven rejoices. That's just like a Jesus story right there. Yeah, there was a lady who lost a hooped earring. And it was found, and the church rejoiced. Let the church say amen. We're in a continuing series, and we're glad that you're here for it. Uh, if we haven't met before or haven't met yet, my name is Scott, and I'm one of the pastors here, and we're just really glad you're here. We're in the subject called Never Give Up, and we're studying together in Luke chapter 11, uh, stories of men and women just like you, different ethnicities, different socioeconomic levels, but they had this commonality. They lived their lives by faith. It pleased God. And as they lived by faith, as they walked by faith, none of them gave up. They just kept walking. And today we're looking at a very interesting man. There's not many verses in the Bible about our friend we're learning from today. His name is Enoch. And uh, Enoch um, has a few verses in the Hebrew Scriptures and only a few verses in the New Testament. And we know, we know that he accomplished something that only two people in all the Bible uh, that we know about accomplished. He never died. It's, it's Enoch never physically died. We'll read that. And Elijah, the prophet, never physically died, which is why some uh, Bible scholars believe that they will be the two witnesses who appear in the book of Revelation. Uh, I don't know if they are the two witnesses. They could be. I've already met five of the two witnesses in my ministry. When you're in ministry, people come up and tell you, oh, I'm one of the two witnesses. I say, I've already met three of them. Welcome to the crowd. And if you don't get that joke, you need to study the Bible more. Study the Bible, you'll get my jokes more. So here's what the Bible says about Enoch. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 15, by faith, Enoch was taken from this life, so he did not experience death. One of two Bible characters that didn't taste physical death. He could not be found, I guess they sent out a search party, because God had taken him away. For before, here's how he got taken. This is why he got taken. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. Now how in the world do we please God? This chapter tells us. How do you please God? How do I please? What is it about our lives that God is pleased with? Is he pleased with the clothes we chose to wear today? Is he pleased with how loud you sang? Is he pleased by how much you put in the offering? There's one thing that pleases God, and it is our faith. Exactly, our faith. So Enoch was a man who lived by faith. He pleased God. We get a little bit more insight as we go back into his 
uh, story in Genesis, and it doesn't say a lot about him. We know here it says two things about him. Enoch walked with God, and he was taken to heaven. Two things. We, he walked with God, and he ended up in heaven, which would be good for any of us. I, I wish this, this could be your short testament. I wish that you walked with God, and you ended up in heaven someday. I hope you're going. I've made my reservation. We'll talk about that in this service. I, I, I would like to invite all y'all to join us in heaven. It's God's heart for you to be in heaven and for you to bring as many of your friends, neighbors, and relatives with you. And that happens when you walk with God. I, I'm not, because there's not much more to the story. Like, it doesn't say, what did Enoch and God talk about? I, I wish I was like a, a fly on the wall or a mosquito on a shoulder. What, what did mosquitoes do before the fall? Okay, that's not a, I don't know. I don't, it's just that thought hit me. What did they do? Did they give blood? Maybe. I don't know. Things I think about in the middle of my message. When I should be thinking about Enoch. He walked with God. I, here, I'm sure they talked about heaven. I'm sure they did. I'm sure that Enoch got interested in heaven. I'm sure God said, hey, you, you should see my place. It's beautiful. It's full of love. And it's full of joy. And it's full of peace. No one ever sleeps. No one wants to miss anything. It's always lit up. I light the place up. It's lit because I'm there. And, and every time they walked, I just think that Enoch got a little more filled with heaven and a little more filled with heaven until finally he, there was more heaven in him than earth. And God said, hey, there's more heaven in you than earth. Just come on up to my place. Just, let's relocate. And he did. Now, I hope that's all of our story, that we would walk with God and every day be filled with more of heaven and more of heaven and more of heaven until we are so comfortable in God's presence that when we make our transition, it's going to be so smooth. This is what we learned from Enoch. Walk with God and heaven will be your home. So I just want to encourage all of us to walk with God and, and a few principles of walking with God that are helpful and from God's word. We, we find that the walk of our lives is really the, the way our lives work. The Bible uses the metaphor walk over and over again as it talks about how we live our life. We walk by faith, and we walk in the Spirit, and we walk in Christ, and we walk in love, and we walk in obedience, and we walk in truth. It's sort of the way we choose to live our life. It's a metaphor that God gives to us, and it's a very powerful metaphor. I would hope that the power of this metaphor would teach you some important life lessons. Here is a life lesson that comes from this metaphor of walking, and the lesson is this, that when you walk with God, it means that you learn the importance of taking one step at a time. One day at a time. Don't get so stressed about step two. Live in step one. 
live in the now of life. This is the lesson. Here's what Jesus said. I love this. Oh, sorry, I didn't bring it up. There it is, right there. Take one step at a time. And then this lesson from Jesus, these words of Jesus, can we read these words of Jesus together? Can we? Okay, let's read them together. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Can somebody say amen? See, that's a word for somebody. But here, this is walking. Now, it's, it's good to pray about our lives. Not one amen. It's also, good to, it's also good to plan about our lives. Some of you are more into planning than praying. And when you plan and when you pray, you, then you start to go, wow, there's, there's, sorry for offending you. I didn't mean, I'm sorry, I repent. I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. It was her earring. It really was her earring. It belonged to her. It was her earring. Where was I? Mosquitoes in the Garden of Eden. No, I wasn't there. No, no, I wasn't. Praying and plan. So when you pray and plan, you will be flooded with ideas. Because God has a lot of them. You'll start to see, when you pray, you start to see your life where it is and how much work you need. And that could be discouraging. But it's not about getting discouraged with the huge work project, God. It's just like, what is the next step I need to take? They're doing, have you noticed they're doing some construction around the church? Just a slight bit. They're tearing stuff up, and they're digging holes, and they're pouring concrete. And, and when those guys show up every day, they just say, what's the next step? What's, what's the step that needs to be worked on today? Now, there's somebody who knows where it's all going, we hope. Don't you? But when they show up every day, it's just, what's the next step I need to take? And here's the beauty of walking with God. It's not about trying to accomplish all of the th possibilities at one time. It's about taking the next step of faith. It's about going in the direction that God directs today. So we pause each day when we pray and when we plan, and we have all of these things that we know can be accomplished, and we say, God, I'm going to leave all that with you. This is the beauty of being a believer. I'm going to leave all that with you, and I just want you to direct me to what should I do today? What step should I take today? And I'm going to take that step by faith, and I believe it's taking me in the direction that you want me to go. One day at a time. One step at a time. And that step will always bring you in touch with new things. It will always move you forward in your life. God's walk of faith, God's walk with you always moves you from where you used to be to where God wants you to be. And as I said before, it's, um, it's good to pray. Still no amens. And it's good to plan. See, there's the planners. They're ready for the amen. But if all you do, friends, is a plan and pray and never take a step, you will get nowhere. So, so you can have the oh, I've got Sometimes people go, Scott, I've got a big dream. I go, what are you doing about it? 
nothing, just dreaming. It's, it's called, get this, it's called a wok. That's not something you cook in. It's something you do. Living in my mind is an interesting place. I'll just say that right now. I, here's, I love that. Watch this scripture. Watch this scripture. God is speaking to the children of Israel. They're in a new place. They have never, ever in their life before faced a Red Sea. It's new. It's a new, new thing for them. There's mountains on one side, mountains on the other side, the Egyptian army coming up their backside, and they are, they are praying, and they're going, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Some of them are saying, watch this, because these people had a tendency, when things got bad, they gave up really easily. Now, the series is called Never Give Up. But these children of Israel that came out of Egypt, when things got bad, they always said, let's go back. Let's go back to Egypt. Let's go back into slavery, in essence. Now, when God designed you to walk, and I know it is possible physically to walk backwards, but God designed you to walk forwards. It's why he put your eyes on the front of your head. When he designed your feet, they are beautiful. Big and beautiful. Well, they're aiming what direction? So the, to walk with God is to move from where you used to be to where you're going to be. So he says, God is saying to his people, okay, he says to Moses, okay, watch, watch what God says. Quit praying. <laughs> because it was time to do something. It's good to pray. Oh, we've had some conversions. Hallelujah. Praise God. And it's good to plan. But then you got to walk. Quit praying and get the people moving. And what direction did they need to move? Even though it was the Red Sea. Even though it was frightening. It was a step a step towards the promised land. And if you don't take the step into the Red Sea, you're never going to make it to the promised land. You have to move forward. There is a call from the adversary when you want to give up, when you want to throw in the towel, to go back to what is comfortable. He calls you back to darkness. But God is always calling you forward through the Red Sea. Manna from heaven. Overcome the enemy. Because he's taking you to the promised land. But you won't get there unless you walk forward. So it's one day at a time, one step at a time. And just this great truth as well that really blesses me. Walking with God is just a real reminder that God is not finished with us yet. That, thank God you're not where you used to be. That's good. Let's give it up. Let's give it up for our one brother that's very excited about that. Let's give it up for him. Give it up for me because I'm, I'm really glad I'm not where I used to be. And good news, brothers, sisters, friends, neighbors, Romans, countrymen. You're not where you're going to be. 
So here's what we do. We follow this. Let's, can we read this together, this portion? Let's read this. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on until completion, until the day of Christ Jesus. Oh, nudge your neighbor and say, that's for you. That is for you. That is, that's for you. You're not where you, you, you are, you are, brothers, you are on your way. When you give up, you get in the way. But when you keep walking, you are on the way. And it's much better to be on the way than in the way. Have you ever been in a crowd of people, everyone's moving forward, and all of a sudden someone, someone gets in the way instead of on the way? For some reason, God only knows they stop. Have you ever been following somebody? And they just stop. And you're like right, okay, who has ever run into a person who just stopped dead in front of them? And then you say, I'm sorry. They don't say, I'm sorry. I don't know why it's your job to say, I'm sorry. They stopped. You were on the way, and they were in the way. This is why it's important that you keep on the way instead of being in the way. And the way to stay on the way is to keep walking forward. When I am uh, working, sometimes I lose track of time, and I should be, dinner is upon us, and sweet Darla Joy calls me, and she says, where are you? I'm going to tell you the better answer. I'm on my way. <laughs> That's better than I'm stuck here in the office. No. So sometimes, I'll give confession here. I stand up and I start moving towards the door. Because it's better to be on the way than in the way. I'm on my way. Where are you? That's the killer. That's the killer question right there. It's okay if I'm halfway on I-75. I'm on I-75. That's a good, uh, but when I, I'm still, I, I'm just at my door. But it's motion forward that moves you from where you are today. And thank God you're where you are today. But there is just so much more for you. There's so much more for this church. There's so much more for your relationships. There's so much more for your, your growth and your development. And the way we get from where we are to where God wants us to be is we, we follow Enoch. We walk with God. So let's just... Go over, we're going to take an acrostic, W-A-L-K, the word walk, and just some truth that helps us to live a life that walks with the Lord. Because when you walk out of those doors, I, I want it to be not just a walk to your car, but I want there to be a thought process that as you walk, you are walking with the Lord. Let's take the W, and I want to just talk about this, that we need to worship on the weekends. <laughs> this is important, that you're not dating God. Hey, see you on the weekend. We'll do a selfie, I'm at church. No, walking with, it's a lifestyle. 
All of that list that we went through earlier in the, in the, in the message. It's a lifestyle. And the psalmist says in Psalm 44, I will praise God on the weekends. And what's he say? Worship is an everyday. Here's what the scripture says. Well, let me just back up one step. If you're going to walk with someone, you have to be in their presence. I can't walk with you and not be in your presence. So to walk with you, if if Dudley, if you and I are going to walk, go for a walk, we're going to be in each other's presence. Well, here's what the scripture says. God inhabits the praises of his people. So if you want to enjoy his presence, you have to be a worshiper. You have to center your thoughts, your mind, your soul on him. That means... That means worshiping. It means worshiping every day. Not just worshiping on the weekends. Not just coming to church and say, I did my worship thing. Worship is far more than just singing in church. You can can worship in your car on the way home. You can worship in your, your office. You can worship in... Your bedroom, you can worship, you can worship when you center your life on Christ. And the thing is, when you worship at home, you can pick whatever music you want. Like sometimes, oh, you know, they did that. There's some songs, there's some worship material that is very personal to you, and you should use it. Just sing in your house before you ever get here. Try singing on Monday, because the psalmist said every day. Thank God it's Monday. Thank God it's Tuesday. Thank God it's Wednesday. Thank God it's Thursday. I know some of you say, thank God it's Friday, but thank God it's Saturday. Just thank God every day, worshiping in your car, worshiping. But it's not just singing. Worship is not just about singing. Every time you pray, you're worshiping because you're taking your mind off of the things of this world and you're putting your mind on God. Prayer is worship. Did you know that your your work that you do can be worship? The Bible says whatever you do in word or in deed, do it all to the glory of God, which means if you approach your work with a God-centered thought, your work actually becomes worship because you are doing it with God. You're in his presence while you're doing work. That's what worship is all about, being in his presence. Doing, You can shop in his presence. You can go to Publix and worship. You can, you can worship. You can, wor- you can worship right now. So if your mind is right now centric on God, then you're in worship. If you are thinking about what's for lunch, you're not worshiping right now. Or if you're going, I wish he would wrap it up. That thought is not from God. Walk in a, just worship, his presence, which is worship. The Bible says that God is looking for people to worship. Searching, even now, he's searching, searching, searching the whole world. He's looking for men and women who will worship in spirit and in truth. Looking for worshipers. So, to walk with God is to be a worshiper. A, to walk with God is to hold on to the attitude of Christ. Because Christ is our example of who God is. And the Bible says that we should have the same attitude that Christ has. We should think the way he does. 
This is a beautiful passage of Scripture in Philippians chapter 2 that talks about the attitude that Christ has, the attitude that we should have. And if you want to walk with God, hold on to the attitude of Christ, which is an attitude of selflessness, not considering yourself, but actually considering how you can put others in front of you. So when you're here, what am I doing today? What am I doing with this group of people that is putting people in front of me, not behind me? How am I uh, serving the interest of others, not just my interest? Selfless thinking is the attitude of Christ. And selfless people spend more time in God's presence. His uh, attitude was one of service. He humbled himself and became a servant to humanity. He was the divine servant, which means we should ask, how can I serve in this room? What, what can I do in this room that, that Jesus would be doing? How, how could, maybe it's a word. Maybe it's something you say to somebody before you leave. Maybe it's picking up a coffee cup that someone left behind, thinking the angels would get it. <laughs> Just Maybe it's when you walk by your sink and it's full of dirty dishes, you don't even pray about it. Not a lot of amens, but I'm preaching now. I just, I just stepped out there. You mean, you mean washing the dishes would be like, wa I thought walking with God would be so holy. Serving the needs of others is holy. When you walk, when, when your sweetheart knows you wash the dishes, you just watch how it improves life. It just, it just, you did that, Wow. I made the bed. A few weeks ago. <laughs> no, no, no. I was going to tell this story. This story just hit my head. So the sheets were all like just, they were not, like, you know when you strip the bed and you do the laundry, I, which I also work on laundry. I'm a laundry guy. But the, like the, the I just put the, like the, I put the sheets on the bed. What happens is, when you serve, when you put somebody in front of yourself, it's a God thing. And it, well, here's when God always works. He always brings things together. So selfless, sacrificial service. Did Jesus sacrifice? Yeah, the cross. Philippians 2, he went to the cross. He wasn't thinking about himself. He, you want to you walk with God? Lay down your rights. Lay down your right. This is my right. No, no, Jesus went to the cross and he laid down his rights. When's the last time you prayed, really prayed, oh God, not what Jesus prayed. Oh God, not what I will, but Lord, whatever your will is. That's the cross. When's the last time you picked up your cross and followed him? This is holding on to the attitude of Christ. And as you hold on to the attitude of Christ, you are walking with God because Christ always walked with God. He shows us how to do it. So we live a lifestyle of worship. We live in the attitude of Christ. We walk certainly in the light. L for light. We stay in the light. The Bible says if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship with one another. So our relationship with one another gets better. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us. What happened when Adam and Eve 
rebelled against God, what did they do? They made some fig leaves, and they ran, and they, in the dark. And there is a voice that is always calling you to the dark. Don't tell anybody about that. Keep that area of your life in the dark. Don't even let your spouse know about that area of your life. Don't let your Christian friends know about that area. That's not walking in the light. Here's what the scripture says, that when you walk in the light, it brings us together, which means, here, do you want to just say it like this? Less secrets, more transparency, more openness. Walking in the light brings us closer together because God is not duplicitous. God is who he is, and he always is who he is. And he calls us to be whole and holy, which is to walk in a wholeness of lifestyle, not a, not a secret wing of our existence that nobody knows about. Come into the light, and as we walk in the light, we are walking with him. And then just the last one I would say is this, that we just, like Enoch, need to know our ultimate outcome. Enoch, I think, was very interested in the place he ended up in. Enoch was interested in heaven. That's how he ended up there. Enoch talked about heaven. That's how he ended up there. He um, talked with God, and I'm sure they talked about heaven. And here's the ultimate out in outcome for our lives, the ultimate outcome. The ultimate outcome of your life is not your 401K. The ultimate outcome of your life is... Not your next big business move. The ultimate outcome of your life is not whatever you think it is, other than to be in his presence, in his kingdom, forever. The Bible is written for this reason, so that we can know. We don't have to think about it. I, I encourage everyone to make heaven your home. The Bible tells us how to do that very clearly. John the Beloved writes and says, I've written all this stuff to you so that you can know that you have eternal life. And how do you know that you have eternal life? Watch this. You believe in the Son of God. You believe in the Son of God, and then you can know that you have eternal life. So I've made that reservation a long time ago. I believe in the Son of God. I believe in what he taught. I study his life. I try to live like he lived. I want that. I want to hold on to that attitude that he had. I want to follow him. And I want to bring as many people with me as I can. So that they're not living for their 401k. And they're not living for things that are going to disappear as quickly as they appeared. We don't know much about Enoch, but we know this. He walked with God, and he's in heaven. I'd love that to be your story. I don't know. I need to know a lot about you, but I'd just love to know this. You're walking with God, and heaven is your home because you believe in the Son of God and that we are bringing as many people as we possibly can with us on that journey. That we're, we're so walking with God that others are following us. That we're, we're, we're walking in a, a different atmosphere because the atmosphere of worship is different than an atmosphere many of our friends walk in. The attitude of Christ is certainly different than the attitude of many of our friends. To walk in the light is different than many. So we are living in such a way that people say, I, I want to follow whatever you've discovered.
And the ultimate outcome of your life is that you would be in heaven one day and that you would bring as many people as possible with you. So that's why it's important that we walk with God so that we bring as many people as possible with us to be with our Heavenly Father in His home in heaven. And the church says, Amen. Let's stand together. Can we do that? So I just want to encourage you to worship every day. Not just on the weekends, not dating God. I want to encourage you to hold on to that attitude of Christ. Sacrificial, selfless, sacrificial service. I want to encourage you to stand in the light and keep walking in the light and just to know your ultimate outcome, which is heaven, and live with that understanding of life. So we close our eyes and our prayer team is coming to pray with and for you. And we want to make room for God in our lives now. Our very busy, sometimes self-obsessed lives. And I want to give an invitation and an opportunity for you to make heaven your home by simply believing in the Son of God. So we're going to pray a simple prayer that puts our faith in Jesus Christ, that brings us into the family of God or renews our relationship with God. And all of us pray this prayer together with sincere hearts before the Lord because Jesus is knocking at your heart's door right now. And he wants to come in and he wants to walk with you and he wants to talk to you. It's his great desire from the Garden of Eden when he walked and he talked with Adam and Eve. He wants to walk and talk with you. He walked and talked with Enoch. It was such a delight that he took Enoch to heaven. He wants to delight in a relationship with you. And so here's our prayer that opens our heart to the things in the kingdom of God. We pray it together. Can you pray it with all the people around you and just say out loud, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name, and I repent of my sins, and I receive Jesus Christ as my Savior and as my Lord. Help me to follow Jesus every day of my life. In Jesus' name we pray, hallelujah, 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 amen. That's a good prayer. We bless the Lord. That's good. When you pray that, yeah. So. When you pray that kind of prayer, it begins a relationship. It's not an ending point, it's a beginning point. And if you are receiving God's gift of Christ, it's essential that you would tell somebody before you go, our prayer team is here, to just receive that, hey, I prayed with Scott. Or if you've been far away from Jesus, and this is a day for you to come home to Jesus, tell one of our prayer team. Our prayer team is also here to pray whatever needs you are facing. We believe in the power of prayer prayer for salvation and healing and deliverance and provision and restoration as was prophesied in this service. Restoration can take place. We believe there's a miracle in this room and we believe as two or three people get together and pray that those miracles are released, those gifts of the Holy Spirit. Your heavenly Father has a gift for you today. It's a gift of His Spirit that He wants to do and it will meet and answer the needs you have. So our team will be praying and as our team prays, if you'd like to receive communion, there's a communion table on the left-hand side and the right-hand side. You can come and as you take the bread today and you take from the cup of the Lord, maybe you could reflect on the selfless, sacrificial service of the attitude of Christ. 
knowing that Jesus died and went into the tomb, rose on the third day and is present in this room. And as you take the bread, you're saying, Lord, this bread is coming into me, but my prayer is that you would be alive in my heart, that I would follow your attitude. If you've been a guest here today, let me thank you so much for coming. We really appreciate your time. And we know that God has many more steps for you to take, and we know that ultimately those steps will land you as you follow God into a promise, a promised land of blessing. We want to see that happen. We want to help that happen as best we can. If you've been a guest here, please take a moment to stop by our VIP room. Maybe you've been here for a few weeks and never stopped by. Stop by the VIP room on the left-hand side. We want to meet you and greet you and bless you. I'm going to pray a blessing now. And after that blessing, people will receive prayer. People will receive communion. You don't have to be a member of this church or even a part of this church to receive prayer or communion. Just a friend of Jesus and come and fellowship with God. The worship team will just direct us in worship. You can stay in worship. You can pray. You can receive communion. You can go with God's grace. But I pray as you walk out those doors that like Enoch, you will walk with God that every step you take will just be a step, just a reminder. Oh, yes, it's a process. I'm not where I used to be, but I'm not where I'm going yet. It's a step at a time. And in Jesus' name we pray that God will smile upon your faith. So, Lord, I pray this blessing just to be upon my beloved friends here. I pray that the Lord will fill you with his Holy Spirit. There'll be a breath of God. I pray for our prayer team. As they lay hands on the sick, I pray for healing. May you fill them with the words of God as they pray. May there be great power and great grace at this altar. Thank you for the communion. Bless our time of fellowshipping with you with the bread and the cup of the Lord. Thank you for every person that has been here, some for the first time and some for the first time in a long time. Thank you. Those who come all the time, we bless them. And I pray that the God of hope would fill you with all joy, unusual joy, and great peace as you trust in God so that you will overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I bless you in the strong and the mighty and the majestic name of Jesus Christ. And in Jesus' name, you are very blessed. And all of God's people say, Amen. Grace and peace to all. Yes, we bless. Yeah, let's just give the Lord. We can do that. We can give it an ovation. We love you, Lord. We praise you. And please come forward for prayer and for communion. Worship team, let's just lift up the name of the Lord together.